0: Hey, good morning, it's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday, this is Seattle Now. It's been a big year and we could all use a few days or maybe even a few months away from the news. That's why we're sharing some special holiday episodes with you this week and next. You'll still hear me in your feed each day and we'll be back to you and all the news you need in January. In the meantime, stay safe and take a breather when you can. And if your packages don't arrive on time, don't worry. they will get there eventually. And now, enjoy this special Christmas episode from us to you. Tis the season for togetherness, traditions, and for some of us, stress. Even if you're not celebrating anything in particular, it's a time of reflection. And that can be complicated. Today, we're bringing you stories from a series of essays by KUOW staff. The theme is... It's the thought that counts. KUOW arts and culture reporter Mike Davis gets us started with a reflection of his family's past holiday traditions.
1: When I was a kid, Christmas started on Thanksgiving. Every year, our family would gather for Thanksgiving dinner at my grandma's house, and my grandma was the best cook in the family. I remember making my plates and seeing her smile as I piled on a heap of her stuffing, Because I always hated stuffing, but I loved her stuffing. And both my grandmother and I knew how upset my mom would get because I ate grandma's stuffing and no one else's. And after Thanksgiving dinner, when the football games ended and my Uncle Jerry awoke from his traditional food coma, we would write everyone's name on little pieces of paper and drop them in a hat. Then we would all draw names for our Christmas gift exchange. Christmas dinner would be at my Auntie Rosie's house. We would all come together again for music, laughs, love, and of course, food. I can still taste my grandma's mac and cheese. Nobody made mac and cheese like my grandma. After dinner, we would have our gift exchange. Everyone would try to guess who had pulled their name or who pulled other folks' names and through all the energy and commotion, we would each present someone with a gift. And these gifts were never expensive, but they were meaningful. Drawing the names at random led us to each learn a little bit more about one another, and it made our relationships a little more intimate as the years rolled by. My grandma died in 2011, and unfortunately, this holiday tradition died with her. We haven't had another Christmas gift exchange, and I haven't had another bite of stuffing since her passing. Reflection has become my tradition. Every year as the holidays come around, I think back to those days when my grandma was here. Those were the best holidays. The whole family would sit around the table taking turns saying what they were thankful for at Thanksgiving dinner. And then a month later, we would come back for Christmas dinner and we would have our traditional gift exchange. Back then, the holidays meant family. They meant all of us being together. Now, the holidays mean planning and deciding where to go and what to do and seeing some family members one year but not seeing them the next year. But most of all, the holidays bring me a sadness. And not just because I miss that stuff in it, mac and cheese, but because it feels like my family has slowly drifted apart since 2011. So this year, as you all celebrate the holidays, hug your family and friends extra tight. Because for some of us there's a pain and sadness behind our smiles that will never go away. All is
0: For many people, loss is part of the holidays, a time where the passage of time becomes more obvious. But some holiday traditions endure. This next story is from KUOW food reporter Ruby DeLuna.
2: Before I tell you about my holiday memory, it might help to give you an idea of what Christmas was like growing up. I was born in Taiwan, but my sister and I moved to the Philippines when we were little, so a lot of our Christmas memories were formed there. Christmas is a big deal in the Philippines, and it's not just a one-day event. The weeks and activities leading up to it is part of the build-up. There's the tradition of making parol or lanterns constructed with bamboo and colorful paper. This is also the time when we'd get new clothes for the holiday. Come Christmas Eve, we'd wear our new threads to a midnight mass that seemed to go on forever. The reward for sitting through all that pomp and incense was dinner. This is where families splurge if they can afford it, like queso de bola or cheese, ham, and apples were considered luxuries. So, the year my sister and I returned to Taiwan, the season was not as festive. Our parents had just divorced. I had turned 17. I was back in my birthplace that felt completely strange to me. I was trying to find my way around, I had no friends. My father was barely scraping by with his part-time job playing the organ at church. He supplemented that with gigs here and there, playing piano in coffee shops. But that year, he had no extra work. He was broke. On the merriest time of the year, life felt bleak. We didn't expect much to start with. On Christmas Eve, we went to an uneventful midnight mass. There was nothing to look forward to at home. There was no dinner planned. Maybe we'd have a cup of hot cocoa before heading to bed and pretend it's just another winter day. But when we got home, Dad started to pull food out of the fridge to make a very simple meal. I don't remember exactly what we ate. It could have been garlic fried rice, or maybe he heated up some rolls, scrambled some eggs, and cut up some fruit. It didn't matter. We had a Christmas dinner a very humble one, but it was enough. As we were finishing the last bites, Dad handed us a couple of small packages. My sister and I gave him puzzled looks. We asked, what's this? Your Christmas presents, he said. But how could that be? Dad insisted we open them. It's not much anyway, he said. So we unwrapped the packages to find flannel pajamas. They weren't fancy or anything special. They were jammies from the night market, but they might as well be plush PJs from an upscale department store. My heart cried, not from sadness, but from love and gratitude. I was expecting a somber day and spare, but in that moment, I was reminded that all I wanted and needed were right here at our little dining table."
0: Thanks for listening today. You heard essays by KUOW reporters Mike Davis and Ruby DeLuna. They were edited and produced by Katie Campbell. Seattle Now is produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Vaughn Jones, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. KUOW and Seattle Now are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.